Hey everybody and welcome into episode 7 of Jake's Take. I am Jake Heller, pleased to be joining you once again. Happy race day and we have a historic day at Pocono Raceway today. For the first time in the 71 year history of NASCAR, we have all three major touring series racing on the same day at the same racetrack. So we're going to recap yesterday's cup race, this morning's truck race, the Xfinity race is coming up in just a little bit, and then late this afternoon, the second cup race at Pocono Raceway. So yesterday morning at Pocono Raceway, the Gander Outdoors Truck Series race was postponed to 9.30 this morning because of all the rain, and the cup race started a little later than usual because of all the efforts that NASCAR had to make to dry the track. So yesterday definitely felt like a very, very weird day for me personally. As someone that went to 33 consecutive races at Pocono Raceway, it definitely felt weird. It definitely felt bittersweet. Watching a race from your home track on TV, it definitely felt odd. I didn't get teary-eyed. I didn't get emotional, but it made me miss Pocono badly. And it still felt that way this morning watching the truck race. So... I cannot wait to get back up to Pocono Raceway in 2021. I know that pretty much all the fans feel that way. And I think just not being allowed to be at the racetrack this year, it's certainly going to make me appreciate going up there next year even more. So yesterday at Pocono Raceway, once again, I told you all who was going to win, and I did not disappoint. <laughs> so that's five out of six for, for me personally right now that I have correctly predicted the winner of the race. So yesterday, in his 39th cup race at Pocono Raceway, the 20th season of his career, Kevin Harvick finally, finally gets a win at the tricky triangle that is Pocono Raceway. And it's pretty amazing to think about. So Kevin Harvick, he ran his first cup race at Pocono on Father's Day 2001, driving the GM Goodrand Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. Let's put this in perspective, folks. Kevin Harvick did not get his first top 10 finish at Pocono until June of 2005. He did not get his first top five at Pocono until July of 2006. And as a matter of fact, we always talk about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the beginning of that season, how Kevin Harvick only had 11 wins to his name. And yesterday was the 52nd win of his career. So... I want to take you back to 2010, shortly before halfway in the June race, when Kevin Harvick took the lead at Pocono. That was the first time in his career that he led a race at Pocono Raceway. Think of that, his 10th season. 10 seasons, and it took him that long to finally be leading at Pocono. And my point is, Richard Childress Racing, they've never really been all that strong at Pocono Raceway. I mean, really, when you think of it, they only have two cup wins there. And sure enough, both of them were with none other than the late great Dale Earnhardt Sr., the July races of 1987 and 1993. Ever since Kevin Harvick joined Stuart Haas Racing in 2014, him and Rodney Childers, that four team, they have brought so many fast cars to Pocono. Sure enough, their very first race together at Pocono, they dominated the practice sessions. They qualified fourth. And late in the race, they had a left front tire go down. And then when they returned just a few weeks later in August, finishing second to Dale Earnhardt Jr., 
then the following year, finishing second to Martin Truex Jr., and then leading in August and having the engine blow up. I mean, they have been so close so many times there. Sure enough, both 2017 races, finishing second to Ryan Blaney, finishing second to Kyle Busch, dominating the June race in 2018 and deciding to pit for whatever reason with that late caution and the best that Kevin could get back up to was fourth. And the July race that year, failing inspection, having to start at the very back of the field, leading tons of laps, but having to sell for fourth. They have been so close so many times. And last year, last year they had a good car, but had engine issues in the June race. Dominated from the pole last July, but faded to sixth. Now yesterday, it wasn't a typical Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers four-team kind of day. And what I mean by that is usually that four-team, when they go out there, you expect them to lead over half the race and beat the second-place car by about four or five seconds. That was not the case yesterday. Kevin Harvick, for whatever reason, his car did not really look all that good the beginning of the race. They drew ninth. Of course, also didn't help having to start on the inside. And I loved the calls that Rodney Childers made. Pitting Kevin Harvick before the end of the first stage, knowing that they weren't going to get any stage points to begin with, but pitting him before the end of that first stage, getting him that track position, and then working on the car throughout the race, finished seventh in the second stage. But the third and final stage of that race, when he got up to second place, I remember I was watching the race with my mom, and I told my mom right then and there, I said, they're going to find a way to win this race. I know they will. And what impressed me the most yesterday at Pocono was Eric Almarola, his teammate. Because like I said in the last show, Eric Almarola did not have a single top five finish at Pocono to his name until yesterday. Now, of course, I know it helped that he drew the pole, but even when he drew the pole, I thought just because of his record at Pocono and how strong Ryan Blaney is, I thought Blaney's going to be leading by the time they get down to turn one. And Eric really, really impressed me yesterday to have led 61 laps, more laps than anyone. And to have won the second stage, he definitely had the fastest car yesterday. Him and Mike Buggeravich, they brought a great car to Pocono. But, like I said, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, and that four team, they are incredibly smart. They are incredibly clutch. And Rodney Childers knew, even as Harvick got to second, He knew that he did not have anything for Eric Almirola. Eric had that clean air, and Rodney realized the only way that we're going to beat our teammate, we have to do the opposite of whatever he does. And sure enough, that last pit stop, taking two tires, while Eric Almirola took four, that was what made the difference in the end. And the race itself was okay. I mean, once again, just like any racetrack, you know, clean air is a virtue wherever you go. But Kevin Harvick did a masterful job holding off Denny Hamlin those last 15 laps or so. Denny was so much quicker than him at the end of that race on those four tires. But Denny also had to deal with a vibration in the car. Now him and Chris Gabehart, they didn't really find out what that was, whether it was a loose wheel or whatever it could have been. But Kevin did a masterful job holding off Denny, going down the long pond straightaway, going down the front straightaway, dropping as far down as he possibly could, breaking that draft so Denny couldn't get any big runs whatsoever. So, incredible job for Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, and the four team. Now there are only two tracks left 
for Kevin Harvick to check off the bucket list. One is Kentucky Speedway. Now, I know Kevin does have two Xfinity wins there, but it's Xfinity. Surprisingly, Kevin Harvick, his best finish at Kentucky Speedway in a cup car was fifth back in 2018. Now, he did have the car to beat in 2016 there, but was penalized for... Or no, excuse me. He did it. Martin Trex Jr. was penalized for passing him on pit road. What happened to Kevin Harvick at Kentucky Speedway in 2016 was it all came down to fuel mileage, and him and Rodney Childers had to settle for a top 10 finish. And the other one is the Charlotte Roval. Kevin, now there's only been two cup races at the Charlotte Roval. The first one, they struggled mightily. They barely finished inside the top 10. But the second cup race at the Roval, him and Rodney Childers, they brought an excellent car there, but had to settle for third behind Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. So only two tracks left, and I know Rockingham was closed in 2004. I'm sure Kevin Harvick is relieved that it was closed at the end of 2004 because he did not have a single top 10 finish at Rockingham. And the only laps that he led there, sure enough, was the last cup race there in February of 2004. So once again, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin finishing 1-2. Without a doubt, I feel like those are the two best teams in the garage area right now. And it's going to be fun watching them today after the invert. Because remember, folks, with this being a doubleheader weekend, the top 20 finishers were inverted. So basically, Kevin Harvick is going to start 20th later today. Denny Hamlin, 19th. Eric Almirola, 18th. And Christopher Bell, a career best finish in fourth. Once again, him and Jason Ratcliffe, they are getting better and better and better every single weekend. You know, 11th in the Wednesday night race at Darlington. Top 10s in the Coca-Cola 600. Bristol, the night race at Miami. They are getting better. They're getting their chemistry down. Christopher is starting to be able to adapt to these longer races compared to all these Xfinity races and truck races and sprint car races that go by in the blink of an eye. So outstanding job by them and the 95 team. Stuart Haas Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing as a whole, they definitely were the class of the field yesterday at Pocono. For Kevin to win the race, Eric to finish third, Clint Boyer in seventh, and Cole Custer 16th. I know that's that's not great. That's not really anything to write home about, but the struggles that Cole Custer has had so far in his rookie season, I feel like that's a very, very respectable finish in itself. Joe Gibbs Racing. Now, obviously, the 95 team of Christopher Bell, that's essentially a fifth Joe Gibbs car. So for Denny to finish second, Christopher Bell in fourth, Kyle Busch in fifth, Martin Trex Jr. in sixth, the different strategies that they had throughout the race. And I can't help but feel heartbroken for Eric Jones because Eric Jones has always been really, really good at Pocono Raceway. He finished third there his rookie season in 2017, got another top five finish there in July of 2018. And both races last year, both races last year, um, Eric Jones was third in the June race, second in the July race. So I really felt like he was going to have a strong run yesterday. And sure enough, lap 70, coming off of turn three, Kurt Busch checked up. There wasn't much that Eric could have done. He spun and collected Tyler Reddick, and they both hit the inside wall pretty hard. Thankfully, Eric's okay, but his car is destroyed. He has to go to a backup car. Tyler Reddick has to go to a backup car for the start of today's race. But my point with Eric Jones is it's a contract year. It's a prove-it year. And he has had nothing but bad luck all season. And it's frustrating because 
he's he's a very talented driver, but he has all that pressure. And you could tell having three high-profile, very talented teammates, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Trex Jr., you could tell that he's definitely on the bottom of the totem pole at Joe Gibbs Racing. And, of course, the hot rumor that we've heard all season long is – Christopher Bell could be in that 20 car come 2021. So the pressure is on Eric Jones to perform right now. And sure enough, this past Monday at Talladega, having so much steam and momentum right there coming to the checkered flag, and Ryan Blaney slams into him, and Eric Jones hits the wall and crosses the finish line fifth with the the right side of the car all beaten to hell. It's just been that kind of year for him. So definitely a make-or-break year and probably a make-or-break race today for Eric Jones. He's going to start 38th, but hopefully that 20 team can get him up towards the front because he certainly needs a good finish. I think the one that impressed me the most yesterday, without a doubt, has to be Michael McDowell. Now, Michael McDowell, you know, driving for an underfunded team like Front Row Motorsports, you'd expect him to contend at Daytona or Talladega. And Michael has a very, very long and distinct background in road racing. He's always been a great road course driver. I mean, he won the Xfinity race at Road America in 2016, driving for Richard Childress Racing. But to finish eighth yesterday at Pocono in a front row motorsports car, and Pocono sort of has those road course characteristics to it. The long straightaways, the tight corners, the braking that you have to do, how the crew chiefs sometimes, how they'll run the race backwards in terms of when they want to pit. So for him to finish eighth at Pocono was absolutely impressive. And Front Row Motorsports as a whole, they have really, really turned the corner this year, whether it was John Hunter Nemechek finishing ninth in the first Darlington race. Finished eighth at Talladega, but Talladega's Talladega. They are getting the most out of their equipment right now, and it's great to see Front Row Motorsports running so well. So looking at Team Penske, Brad Keselowski was the highest finishing Penske car in ninth, but it wasn't without controversy. And it was sort of an ugly ninth place finish. Now, they looked good the first stage, him, Jeremy Bullins, and the two crew. They got up to fifth, got some stage points. But the second stage, it just seemed like everything was going wrong for them, having to restart on the inside time after time after time, losing spots on pit road. And Brad hovered around the 20s most of that race. But as we've seen with this new two crew, there is no quit. Absolute grit and determination. Brad got that car better and better as the race went on to have driven all the way up to finish ninth. Pretty impressive job when that car really didn't look all that great. But the biggest story with Brad Keselowski is Alex Bowman. So Alex Bowman showed surprising speed yesterday. And I say surprising because Hendrick Motorsports as a whole did not look all that great yesterday. But Alex Bowman, it looked like he was on track for a top 10 finish. And with less than 10 laps to go, all of a sudden he slows down. Right side of the car is all beaten in. So it looked like he had a tire go down. He did have a tire go down. But he starts screaming on the radio that Brad Keselowski hit him. And how sad is it that Brad Keselowski had to go on Twitter last night and defend himself and show all the SMT data. SMT data is basically like what the teams have. It almost kind of resembles like a video game. How sad is it that he had to put all of his SMT data on Twitter 
to show all the Alex Bowman fans that, listen, I wasn't even close enough to hit him going off in the corner. He just went straight. You look at that video that Brad put on his Twitter page. He's a good four or five car lengths behind Alex Bowman going off in the corner. The tire went down. And I think it's pretty pathetic how all the Bowman fans attacked him and said, oh, well, show us what happened a lap or two before that. And then next thing you know, all the Chase Elliott fans attacked him and were saying, oh, yeah, well, don't forget that you wrecked him on Monday. That all happened because Joey Logano cut up in front of Chase Elliott. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, Team Penske, it wasn't really that great in the final results. I mean, he finished ninth. Ryan Blaney finished 12th. I felt like Blaney probably could have been the car to beat going into yesterday's race. But the strategy that him and Todd Gordon had, it just didn't work out with the timing of the cautions, and they finished 12th. Joey Logano and Paul Wolf, they had an excellent car, winning the first stage, almost winning the second stage. And he had a um, left front tire go down with just a few laps to go and finished 36th. But unlike Alex Bowman, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, they did not have to go to a backup car. But nevertheless, starting 36th, they got their work cut out for them today. But hey, if there's one crew chief that can pull off some crazy strategies to get track position, we all know it's Paul Wolf. So Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, very, very bad day for them yesterday. I mean, we're talking about a team that has 17 wins at Pocono Raceway. But the last of those 17 was August of 2014 when Dale Earnhardt Jr. swept the season up there. William Byron was the highest finishing Hendrick car in 14th. Jimmy Johnson in 21st. And even before the incident on pit road with Josh Balicki, where Josh was coming out of a stall as Jimmy was turning in, even before that, Jimmy's car did not look all that good yesterday. And Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott was probably the most disappointing one yesterday because I expected Chase to run into the top five and contend, and they had transmission issues. So Alex Bowman isn't the only Hendrick car that has to start at the back of the field. He has a backup car. But... William Byron, Chad Knauss, the 24 team, they had to change engines. So he has to go to the back. And then Chase Elliott and Alan Gustafson, they had to change transmissions. So they have to start at the back of the field today as well. So definitely a surprising run for Hendrick Motorsports yesterday, but not in a good way. The other guys that impressed me yesterday, Chris Buescher getting a top 10 finish. Because, you know, everyone all remembers, oh, yeah, Chris Buescher, he won at Pocono in 2016, but that was because of the fog. But yesterday, Chris Buescher looked impressive. Led some laps, had some great strategy, got a top 10 finish. He has really, really impressed me. He is a wheel man. He definitely gets the most out of his equipment. But also, 48-year-old Matt Kenseth. Think about this for a second, folks. Who would have expected three or four months ago Matt Kenseth to finish 11th at Pocono Raceway because it really seemed like Matt Kenseth was never going to turn another lap in a cup car ever again. And I know that it's been a roller coaster performance so far, finishing 10th, his first race in almost two years at Darlington. And I know they've had some issues, whether it was a second Darlington race or the, the Coca-Cola 600 the wheel hub that broke at Talladega this past Monday. But Matt has had some impressive runs too, finishing 15th at Atlanta, 11th yesterday at Pocono. I mean, it, it's absolutely incredible. Matt Kenseth, to me, without a doubt, is probably the most underrated driver of my generation. I mean, this is a guy, 39 cup wins, the 2003 championship, 
the 2000 Winston Cup Rookie of the Year. And I bring up those especially because the 2000 Rookie of the Year and the 2003 Winston Cup Championship, both times a lot of people, myself included, felt like Dale Earnhardt Jr. was going to run away with both of them. But Matt, to have won two Daytona 500s, a Southern 500, a Coca-Cola 600, it's absolutely impressive what he has done with this 42 car after being away out of the seat for such a long time. So I would definitely consider having Matt Kenseth in my lineup for this race later today. So as I said, a historic triple header today at Pocono Raceway. 9.30 this morning, the Gander Outdoors Truck Series. The Xfinity race is coming up in just a little bit, and then the Cup race at 424. That truck race was freaking wild, folks. Absolutely crazy. It seemed like there was a caution every five laps. I mean, sure enough, turn one, lap one, Matt Crafton, the defending series champion, gets taken out. Raphael Lassard, five laps later, wrecks in turn three, driving for Kyle Busch. Ty Majeski running third, hits the inside wall, going into turn one. Twelve lap- this is only 12 laps into the race, folks. And Sheldon Creed, the 2018 ARCA champion, to have won both of those first two stages, it really, really looked like he was going to get his first win late- er- earlier today, excuse me. The truck series did not disappoint. And then Christian Eckes, who drives for Kyle Busch, how he got the lead and he was driving away from the field. And wouldn't you know, with 12 laps to go, he has a tire go down and hits the inside wall. So sure enough, when it looked like Christian Eckes was going to get his first win driving for Kyle Busch, instead it was Brandon Jones getting his first truck series win driving that 51 for Kyle Busch. An absolutely crazy, crazy race. The truck series at Pocono never disappoints, and a record nine caution flags for a 60-lap truck race at Pocono. It was crazy. So as I said, we've got the Xfinity race coming up in just a little bit on Fox Sports 1, The and it's 90 laps, 225 miles, and my pick for today is none other than Justin Allgaier. Justin has been incredible at Pocono Raceway, driving for Dale Earnhardt Jr., he finished, he finished second there in 2017, won a stage last year, looked like he was well on his way to a victory before he ran into trouble. So Justin Allgaier is my pick for this Xfinity race coming up in just a little bit. And then later this afternoon, really late this afternoon for that matter, we have the second cup race of the weekend at Pocono Raceway, the Pocono 350. And it's going to be on Fox Sports 1 at 4 o'clock. We have... Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy with the call. And it's 140 laps. The first stage ends lap 30. The second stage is lap 85. Now, Ryan Priest was supposed to be on the pole for this race, but another Hendrick Motorsports engine change. So he has to start at the back of the field. So on the front row, it's going to be Austin Dillon and three-time Pocono winner Kurt Busch. But Kurt really surprised me yesterday how he finished 18th at a track that he has always done so well at. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I think we're definitely going to see a lot of different strategies today, just like we saw yesterday. Guys pitting before the end of a stage just to get that track position. Because we all know how clean air is at Pocono Raceway. So I would definitely look out for that today. And so without further ado, 
My pick to go to Victory Lane later today at Pocono Raceway. Got a 424 start. You know, I mean, they're lucky that it's beautiful and it's sunny there right now. They got that truck race in. But I'm telling you, seriously, a 424 start at a place where there's no lights and we all know what can happen at Pocono Raceway, how the weather can pop up and change at any given moment. That's definitely playing with fire, if you ask me. And of course, lap 140, so the magic number is lap 70 to make it an official race. Bob Pockris from Fox Sports said that it, they're only expected to have maybe about a 40% chance of rain. So, Jeff Gordon, who is going to be calling this race for Fox Sports 1, he has the most wins of anyone in the history of Pocono Raceway. Six wins. So, Denny Hamlin, five wins at Pocono, both races in 2006 as a rookie, the, two, the first two wins of his career. August of 2009, winning just days after his grandmother passed away. June of 2010, that crazy race. <laughs> and then, of course, this race last year, the July race, holding off his teammate, Eric Jones, for the win in overtime. I feel like today at Pocono Raceway, I feel like we will see history made, and I feel like Denny Hamlin will tie Jeff Gordon for the most Pocono wins with six. So Denny Hamlin is my pick to go to victory lane in today's Pocono 350. So that's going to do it for episode seven of Jake's Take. I appreciate you guys tuning in once again. Enjoy the Xfinity race. Enjoy the cup race. Y'all take it easy.